You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. It's good to see everyone this morning. Good to see people are finally deciding to come back to church before the end of the world. So, you know, welcome back. I know I said that as a joke, but I mean, if you're not watching the news, guys, it's about time y'all tune, on, tune into what God's doing because the world has gone insane. And I was supposed to be in Ukraine in June. If you've been watching any news, they've just told all the Americans to leave Ukraine. So I don't think I can go. Anyway, not right now, but... But I've been reaching out to our friends, been talking to Oksan and Tolik, and they're okay. They're on the complete other side of the mess. Russia has not invaded, but it looks like it's a very big possibility. That might not matter any to anybody in Hebronville, that news, but what does should matter to you is God said, watch the times. That's what should matter to you. you know, you're like, I could care less for Ukraine. That's fine. But what you got under, you know, and I want H to actually teach this in the near future. I'm putting you on the spot now because this guy can teach it way better than I can. But you have to have a little bit of understanding what, what end times is, you know, according to the Bible. You, don't, you, you can believe it or not believe it, that's your call, but, you know, you see things lining up. And H and I were having this conversation this week, and it was like, I kind of, you know, agree with him saying, you know, 20 years ago it looks like it was lining up. And it was. And now it's really lined up. And I'm not going to get into details, but here's my only point of that. This is a good time. If you're watching me online and you're in town, if you're watching me online and you're out of town, then this is not for you. You know, you can go get a Coke or coffee or something. But if you're in town, I'm telling you, 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 you should try to come back and plug in. Because, you know, the word's a word. You get the word, but you don't get the, the same presence. And, I, and it's just to me, the thing is, you know, as things are moving, and I, again, I'm just saying good morning. I'm not in my teaching yet. As things are moving um, down the, you know, prophetic line, more than ever, you should be close to your family, your, your immediate family, you know. Your family should be tight. But the other thing is you should be close to your church family. Because sometimes when the world's pulling, the only people that understand you are the people that speak the same language and faith and so forth. So, you know, consider these things. It's, you know, like I said, I don't want to – I'm going to find the moment, and I want H to come and teach that up here because it's, it's super interesting. And not interesting, but at least you have to be aware. Now, at the end of the day, you know, God is in control. And that, there's no fear in that. You know, I'm, I'm, you know I, I go to sleep just as good you know, tonight as any other night in my life because – you know, we are not of this world, right? You know, the kingdom of God is our deal. Now, we live here, and we have to, you know, figure out how things work here. But at the same time, your kingdom is heaven. Say amen. amen. So anyhow, welcome. And let's get into it this morning. I'm stoked. I don't know. I mean, I had so many directions this morning. You know, when I mean this morning, you know, I'm, I'm up around four on Sundays just so I can make sure I'm ready for you. So I hope you appreciate that. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I was going to show you something because... I mean, not that anybody cares, but I brought my actual, the book. Remember, you guys remember the little black book? Well, this is a little black book of sermons, so don't y'all get weird now, all right? But somebody asked me, if you want to see what sermon prep looks like in my head, some of you are like, oh my gosh. I'm going to show you, because somebody asked me, so this is how it starts. And then, you know, it's scribble, scrabble, notes everywhere. 
So this is just like last week's sermon. And then I got to figure out how to put that in outline form. So I can completely ignore it, right? And just go with it. But, you know, there's just some thoughts here that I didn't translate over here, and I brought it because I want to talk about that. And I want to introduce it. So if you weren't watching last week or, you know, watch the first one, we're really going to build on last week because, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, like, we preach, next message, next me- And God really pulled me back this week. It was like, nope, you're not done. But I, but I want to go to part two. I said, you're not done. But there's so much more that I saw in this that it wasn't really chasing it. But what I want you to understand, I always say this in like a little pet phrase, overuse it, I get it, but you have to have a working understanding of anything in life. Because you can, you know, you can hear a lot of things. You, know, you can hear the news, you can hear about Ukraine. You want to know about Ukraine? Ask me. I have people in Ukraine. You know, but but we, we have to have a working understanding of how God does things. Because we get the word, that was a good word, that was a good sermon. But, but, but when it translates into everyday activities, that's where, the, that's where it gets hard. Come on, say amen. I'm just with you here. You know, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you because we're all on the same journey. That we face a really, you know, complicated, or not not complicated, but we face life with all its issues and challenges and sickness and disease and crisis and epidemics and all the stuff that throws at you. And we have to really, when God says something, it has to translate. And really, this series is kind of like what we're talking about. It has to translate into... You go home, you think about it. You go home and you say, you know, how does that apply to my life? And I do that every day. That's why it's so hard sometimes to, you know, because one thing I learned in ministry, you know, you don't want to really preach when you're going through a storm. You want to preach after the storm. But while you're going through it, it's really hard because you really want to go, I just got to tell you guys what I'm going through. It doesn't work that way, you see? Because the word will come into my life the way it comes into your life like a tool. Just like a tool. And then, and those of you that work with tools, which most of us in some form or fashion have worked with a tool, you're going to find out something about a tool that has two purposes. One of them, the tool has a purpose, right? Joe has, I mean, you know, you don't want to use a, a saw for a hammer. I mean, you can, I've done it, but it's complicated, right? Um, you know, we do that, right, Dawson? I mean, just hand me the wrench and we beat things with a wrench and then we don't wonder why it doesn't work. So you have the, the, the tools have a purpose. So, so each tool has a reason to be. So if you look at this as a, as a book of tools, you know, it changes things. Because now you see, well, you know, it talks about life. It talks about raising your family. It talks about everything. There's not one thing that he forgot about. It tells you how to eat. I know y'all don't want to hear that one. But it tells you about your, how to raise your kids. Yes, parents, you're not supposed to aggravate them. Hmm? Anyway, it's, it's in here. It tells how to treat your wife. Come on, ladies. Ready, guys? Tells you how to treat your husband. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You guys are so weak. It te- it, it, okay, we'll try it again. It teaches you how to treat your husband. The testosterone levels are dangerously low in this church today. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. So you have a tool for a job. And you have to fit it. And sometimes you're like, well, you know, I have faith. Yeah? Tell me about your faith. I mean, that was a question that always pops up in the Bible, right? Tell me about your faith. Well, I believe in God. Well, so does the devil. No, we're not, we're, we haven't gotten anywhere yet. I mean, keep going. So let me see. Well, um, I know God can heal me. Why? Well, he said so. Where? I'm not going to let you go because it's your, your, life, you know, your life and future might be depending on if you know where the promise is or not because the tool has a reason. And when we talk about this series of faith in the now, it's really helping me understand a lot of things because 
the more I dig into it, and boy, I'm telling you, I, I dug up some things this week by the Spirit of God that are very in, interesting to me, but I hope they bless you too, that to really understand where the power of God resides. So you have the tools, but then you have to put it in the, in the right location. And I want to get so deep that I lose half of you. One of the things I said, because I'm, I'm, these, these comments came back to me through conversations, you know, somebody say, hey, Pastor, you know, whatever, and, and I'm, I want things to be clear. Before we get into the outline, and we're going to use the same outline, RJ, by the way, of last week, and then I'll, I'll just add some, some ideas to it. So I said something, and then I wanted, and it's not, it's not really, it's not clearing it up, because it's not clearing it up, but just, so when I say it the next time, you understand it. So I said something, and one of the questions came from my grandson, 11 years old, right? And because he sat in the service, he said, what do you mean by, you know, time is an illusion? Because that threw people off. And, and I, you know, if you have time to stay with this series for the next few weeks, it's going to take a while, I'll prove it to you. But what I needed to clear up is it's not that time is a, an illusion. Time is, you know, we live in a, in a form of time. And I was talking again to HH and talk about, you should see our conversations. They're like, we started with, you know, pray for me. And then it went to how the universe expands and quantum physics. I'm serious. Did we end? That's how we ended up, right? Yeah, you don't even know. So... Now I forgot what I was saying. Now I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. So, so you have this place that's called life. Let me just pick it up there, all right? And this is what's amazing to me. Because we keep wanting, and when I say time is an illusion, I'm not talking about time, space, continuum, you know, tomorrow. We need it. We need time. You know, hopefully, you know, don't forget your wife's anniversary because you'll never, you only forget it once. But, um. You know, time, birthdays, time, Christmas, time, 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 time. That's, you need it. you got schedules. We need to be out of here by a certain time. We need to be back by a certain time. There's a football game, blah, blah, blah. That is a practical use. From this point forward, I'm not going to refer to that. What I want to talk to you about is psychological time. Pay attention to this. Because this is where your mind ties into things. And this is where it's really hard to, to understand the God of the now when your mind is so stubborn to live in the past or in the future. And God doesn't work in the past, and he doesn't work in the future. He can influence all your future, but hope arises in the present. Well, I have hope for the future, yeah, but the hope came from faith. It didn't come from hope. Hope without faith is called hopelessness. Nothing holds it up. I hope, you know, I hope it's going to rain, but there's nothing that's going to promise you it's going to rain. I hope I win the lottery. There's nothing that's going to tell you you're going to win the lottery. But when you take a scripture... And you establish it in your now. And if you ever come to our prayer meeting, some people say, you guys are crazy. I don't care what you think. You know, I know I'm crazy, so I'm fine with that. You know? But you come and you say, how can you be praying? And you'll hear me pray, and I pray it all the time. I pray for the future husbands of all my grandkids. Now, I don't want them to get married until they're, like, rich and gave me some money. But I'm praying for their spouse. But I'm not praying... A future prayer, I'm praying a now prayer. Because in eternity, there is no time. So remember, psychological time, you know, time is time. We need it. Yeah, you know, we got, I got to watch. We get that. But psychological time is really when your, your mind has this nasty tendency. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't like to live in the now. Right? You're always planning or you're always regretting. And you're like, you know, because somebody says, you know, what was, how's the saying? I'll probably mess it up. It says, life is what happens while you make plans. Think about that. 
Okay, now let's go in a certain direction. I want you to open your Bibles. We don't have the, the, the scriptures. We'll get to the screens in a minute. But I want you to go. Let me see. Where can we pick this up? Let's go to Romans chapter 8 first. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And just go in your Bibles, and, and I don't have this up, up on the outline because I want to take it this way. Because if you can understand what, what we're going to work on today is understanding where faith works. But understanding your part of making sure that faith works there, okay? So, Romans chapter 8, we're gonna, we got, well, this is what we have to understand. I'm going to give you guys some things to repeat, hopefully you, and I would highly recommend you take a note of at least a couple phrases I want you to take notes. And So, chapter 8, Romans 8, reading out of King James says, There is therefore now, oh, there's a little word again, huh? <laughs> Oops, no condemnation. The condemnation can only come from one source. Well, let me put it this way. It comes from one source, but it can be influenced by other. But you know where condemnation comes from? It comes from you. You thought I was going to say the devil, right? It comes from you. Now, the devil will take advantage to continue to feed the condemnation. But where does condemnation come from? From the past, right? You know, you can't get condemnation from the future. <laughs> you feel guilty. You feel remorse. Something you did, something you said, something that didn't happen. So he says, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, verse 2 says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So now Paul brings two ideas that are two laws. Now, I don't want to dig into that because that's not where we're going. But I want you to look at, at, the, at this thing. So let me, let me jump into something here. Okay, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, we're going to really spend a lot of time in Romans 8 in the next few weeks, so we're not going to dig it. But I want you to get, I want you to write this down before I say anything. Your life, you can put my life, is not my situation. Or you could put it this way. My life is not my life situation. You've got to understand this principle. This is really important. Because we keep thinking our life is our situations. You know, I said something last week. I said, in the now, you don't have any problems. And, you know, you could raise eyebrows because I think, what do you mean you don't have any problems in your present? Well, I have problems in my present, right? I'm sure you do. I mean, you can say, well, Pastor, I'm in church, but there's all this stuff going on in my life. Okay, I get it. I'm in church, and I have a lot of stuff going on in my life, in our family's life. So I'm not, I'm not saying there's not... Problems don't exist in the present, but it is, is that problem your life? And that's where you have to understand, because problems, guess what they are? Transitory. They're subject to change. If you can see it, it's subject to change, right? That's what faith does. So when you start to understand, okay, so my life is not my life situations, because once again, your mind wants to associate itself. And watch it, I'll prove it to you. Well, how are you doing? I'm broke. I'm broke, but careful, because now you're, you're, that's a situation. I've been broke. Amen? Come on, y'all been broke too. And, but that's not, I'm broke. Pay attention, church, because this is like, you want faith to work in the now, you're going to have to settle this one little thing. Because faith doesn't work in the past, and faith doesn't work in the future. 
Faith can affect your past by cleaning your mind from all your guilt trips. And faith can help your future, you know, like I'm saying, praying for your kids, so forth and so on, and, you know, covenant protection on a trip, whatever. But the faith of the now is, is, is this one point I'm telling you. You know, my situations in my life aren't my life. I have to break the association. Here's a big one. Can I look at my life like a second person? Or, or no, can I look at my life situations as something foreign to me? Because if I can separate myself from the situation, guess what? I can attack it. But as long as I'm part of the situation, there's no fix. Because, because now it's part of your character. In other words, you engulf it. So every crisis in your life, you, 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 know, it's, it's, it, you absorb it as that's part of my life. That's what I got. It was, you know, and I talked a little bit about last week, you know, your past, generational, whatever, your parents. You know, you can go through the whole thing. But now you're living in a situation where you, you're going to have to learn how to de-associate yourself from that. And this is where, the, where it really gets good because here's the other thing you've got to understand. And I'm going to shotgun these through because I'll break them up later. Number one, you are not your mind. Your mind is just, you know, if your mind could be, you know, your mind, I don't even know scientifically how you would describe the mind of a man, but the, but the thinking process and I'm going to be off on this, and the doctor's already glaring at me. But I just want to throw it out there. But it's not. But if you looked at your mind like another part of your body, are you, are you tracking with me? Like your, left, your arm? You know, I got a hand. If I break my hand, I got to fix it, all right? If I get a sticker, I got to take it out. It's my hand. Who controls my hand? Right? You're supposed to control your hand. Can you imagine if your hand just did whatever it wanted to? This, there'd be a lot of slapping going on. Because this flesh wants to slap a lot of people. Um, but you're like, that's stupid, Pastor. I control my hand. Okay, question. Do you control your mind? That's right. That's right. Can you control it? Well, and, uh, let me help you. Probably not unless you find out who you are. Because you're not your mind. You are a spirit first and foremost. You, and I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures to prove that point. Because that's the one point I want to nail in today. Because faith works in the spirit realm. And unless you associate yourself with the spirit realm as a spirit being, yes, you get miracles. God gives us miracles. He grants miracles even to atheists. But I'm talking living the, the life of faith that you wake up in the morning and you just know that you know that God's got this. And you'll go through the situations and you'll go through the hardships and you'll go through the complicated things. But deep down in your knower, you know that presence of him is with you every day. But it's in, it's in this moment. And your mind, and I'm telling you, I've, I've been fighting this thing with him because my head thinks way too much. Don't raise your hand, but, you know, my head never shuts up. Like, shut up, no, I want to keep, you know, harassing you. <laughs> but if you could, imagine if you could control, I know this is going to sound weird, but don't, don't take it the way it sounds, but imagine if you could control your mind the way you control your hands. Is that biblical? Mm, I think so, because Paul said, take every thought captive. He said that. So he tells us that by, by Paul, and of course, if you believe that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, which hopefully you do, the Holy Spirit is telling us you can control your thoughts. Right? Take every thought captive and not just capture it, because that's like, that's like capturing a pit bull. It's not going to turn out too good for you. But once you capture it, it says you take it to the obedience of Christ. 
I'm, I'm giving you a reference. I don't have time to dig all these up. You know it's there. So, so the Bible does give us a premise to say, hey, you're not your mind. Your mind is a wonderful thing. Your mind is what, you know, creates everything and you cre- creativity and laughter and joy and wonderful things and sad things and emotions and will. All this is in, in, in there. But here's what you've got to understand. You are not your mind. You are a spirit first and foremost. All right, let me, let me back that one up. And then we'll get on to it. So go with me now to Genesis 2, verse 7. Or, I mean, if you want to, I'm going to read this. And then once I get some of this foundation out of the way, I'm going to show you some of the things that we learned last week in the light of what I'm giving you today. So Genesis 2, 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. All right? And the man became a living creature. Where, did the, where is the living creature in all this? It's not a trick question. It's right there. It's in the, in the reading. It's in the breath of God. Nowhere else. That's a piece of mud. He formed man out of mud. It's just there. Science today hasn't figured out how you can have a perfectly healthy body with all the organs functioning and they can't bring it up to life. Right, Abe? I mean, you can have a perfect... Everything in the body says this body should work. And they can put electricity into it and they can shoot it up with all kinds of stuff and the body's never going to react because life comes from the spirit. I found a really cool scripture talking about the spirit of animals. I was like, whoa, that was, that was... I'm not going there. Not yet. I mean, when you dig stuff, the Holy Spirit will show you some stuff, okay? John 4.24. You ready? God is a spirit, and those who worship him... Now, the word worship, you know, don't, don't get in your head, okay, I'm going to sing songs. I mean, that's part of it. But worship, if, if I had to bring it into one word, is giving him the place. The one place. The only place. That's all, that's all that worship is. Old English, this came from an old English word called worth-ship. That was the original context. In other words, the value that you give him. Now, that's, you know, again, I'm showing you. But here it does tell you, you must bring that value through your spirit. So when we sing songs, yes, we hope, we're praying that they get to heaven, but what we're really trying to do it's connected in a spiritual way. Because, and, and I know we're too used to concerts and we're too used to, you know, a band, and I look at the band, but really, you know, some of the temple worship, the band was in the back. And everybody was looking at God. Because, you know, we do things for practical purposes, but you've got to make sure you break that out. You're not here to watch us play. You know, in, in, in true worship context, we should all be facing away. So worship is really just the value that you give God. Okay? But that value, whatever that means to you, comes through your spirit. It doesn't come through your flesh. Guess what? It doesn't even come through your mind. Because, you know, your mind is part of what we would call the soul of man, but the soul and the flesh are that, that part, that's the, that's the earth part. Are you all with me to this morning? I don't want to bore you, but this foundation is so important because I told you, if you don't understand how the mechanics work, 
then you'll just get some religious doctrine or something I said or something somebody else said and think that's gospel, and it's not. Amen. So let me show you a couple more. This is really good. Job 32, verse 8. But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. Now, isn't that, now watch this, because this is, this is going to connect a lot of things. This one little scripture is going to connect a lot of things. Let me read it to you again. If you, it's Job 32, or the book of Job. Don't rebuke it. It's right next to the book of Psalms. I'll stop there. We could do this all day. Job 32.8. This is one of those good that you should highlight this in your Bible. But it's the spirit, where? In man. Pay attention because he's going to connect everything in this one. The breath of the Almighty. So this is the confirmation of what I just told you in Genesis, right? So he's confirming what Genesis said. Man became a living, breathing being when the breath of God came into the, into the mud, if I can say it that way. But it's a spirit in man, comma, the breath of Almighty. So he's, he's clearing up what the spirit is. So there's no doubt, there shouldn't be any doubt in anybody's ear right now what, what Job is trying to give us to understand. So, so he's, he's very clear. That's why those, those two commas are right there. You know, he's saying, this is what we're talking about. The breath of the Almighty, and here it comes, that makes him understand. But wait a minute, where's understanding? In their mind. Oh, Pastor, I get it. You see, now you begin to see it. So the Spirit of God, if we could connect at this level, and I'll be honest, I haven't. I have in some light, in some situations, but I've tasted it, and most of you have tasted it. To live, you know, because people talk, oh, I want to live a spiritual life. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, a few Shandas and a few Hyundais and fall out and all that. You know, really? Spiritual life is being able to stay connected to the great I am 24 hours a day in any circumstances that you live. That's spiritual life. That's the bottom line. If you're connected to Yahweh 24 hours a day in your work, as you watch TV, as you're on your computer by yourself and you're going somewhere you shouldn't, and all that kind of stuff that I could tell you about, that's Yahweh. That's presence. That's spirit. But our stinking flesh and our stinking mind always has to gravitate somewhere else, right? So... The connector is the spirit gives understanding. But wait a minute, those that come to God must worship in the spirit and truth. So now we've got truth added to the mix. So it's very clear. I mean, I see it. I don't know if you see it. My obligation at this point is I need to be able to communicate to God and connect to God, not just communicate, relate to God where he's at. <laughs> because what we're trying to do is we're trying to get God to come down to where we're at. Right? And, boy, I had another, I really want to, if we get through the next week, I don't know when we're going to, but just the ideas of who Yahweh is. We've reduced it to such a nothingness because Yahweh is in everything. You know, I spent a lot of time, you know, all my time, you know, working as out though in the monte, you know, way out in the brush. And I'm telling you, there's some experiences with the Lord that I've had that nobody will ever know about. Because you weren't there. I mean, I could tell you what happened. But, and it's just, it just you see him in a sunset. You see him in a tree. You see him in a frog. He's in everything. Everything that God created creates, takes his essence. 
Are you with me? His presence is in everything. The problem is we haven't, we're not used to connecting to that presence. Because we, we're trying to put God, oh, Lord, you know, heal my mom. Where is that prayer going? It's in the future. Now, that's not, not, that's not, not a valid prayer. That's still a good prayer. But you're launching it, and we keep launching everything to God in a place where he's not. He's here, in the now, always. Give me that first slide, RJ, the, the, the picture slides, or the second picture slide from last week. Just, just put, throw that one up there whenever you get it ready. And I know I'm going to just talk to RJ because I didn't prepare anything for him. I just threw it all out there. Okay, let's look at this. I brought you guys this, um, this chart last week. So um, let me see, look on this one because that one's kind of off. So Yahweh, if the blue is eternity, and I don't want to get real deep on Yahweh living outside of eternity, so let's just say, you know, Yahweh eternity. Then there's this little thing called time, and I explained it a lot into depth last week, which I'm not, which is completely based on the creation of the universe, right? Because of solar systems, so forth and so on. You guys are like, I I came to church, I didn't come to like school, you know? But if you don't get this, you're going to miss how God works. So we live in this fraction thing called time. Even if you live to be 120 years old, that's all, you know, praise God. But at the end of the day, that's going to finish. Amen? And, and there's a lot of other scriptures about the spirit I can pull out, but, you know, it says when people die, the spirit comes back to God. So from God's perspective, he placed us in this capsule called time. That's fine. That's what we get. And in this time, there's basically three events. There you have a past, you have a present, you have a future. And I, I dug into it a little bit last week, and I'll pull out some of my notes, because this, this is the one that I didn't spend enough time on. I put birth, and it's not all broken down there. I broke it down on the other side, but it's memory maps, right, or created in you, reactive, how, you know, your parents teach you how to behave, so forth and so on. And you also have memory markers. It could be something wonderful. It could be something tragic, but it's a marker. It's not a map. A map is just, you know, you're raising a child in the way that he should go. That's a map. You know, hopefully you're raising him with God's standards. But you're still going to raise a child in the way that he should go with or without God. And if you don't know where you're going, guess what? Your kids doesn't know where he's going. Thank you. How can you raise godly kids without coming to God? Anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> you have your present, which is, I just call it the now, your life, and I call seasons. And I, and I want to, I'll come back to the idea of seasons because this is very important you understand this in a moment. And that's the today. And then you have, in your future, you're going to have your death. Guess what? Someday, everyone's going to die, all right? Don't get depressed over that. That's just a fact. It's an okay. They don't know you. Okay. That's why you want Jesus, right? So, so we go to eternity. So, leave, you know, ceasing to exist here doesn't mean life is over. It just means it continues somewhere else. Okay. Let's go to, very briefly... Ecclesiastes 12, 7. Let me just read this if you want to go or make a note. And the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. That's the scripture that I told you briefly. Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord. Stop. Don't read anything else. The spirit of the man is, say that, is, 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 the lamp. What do you need a lamp for? 
Thank you. <laughs> That's really deep. <laughs> to not stumble, to not fall, to see where the holes of life are, to see where the traps of life are. You need a light. But do you, now, very simple scripture. I'm not trying to overpreach it. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just building my foundation still. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. You know, regardless if you want to believe that or not, it is. In other words, God speaks through his spirit. God guides through his spirit. You can read the Bible as a history book. You can read it as a poetic book. You can read it as a self-help book. And that's probably okay, all of them. But when you read it as spirit food, that changes everything. That only you can decide. Because I like to read the Bible as history. I love this book. And it's rich. Well, I get into it. I live it. Somebody said, Bible's boring. Well, not to me. Like the, the thing I taught with you on David in January, that, that was like an introduction. I, I, I didn't even go anywhere with that thing. I get so excited about it. So I can read it as history. And it's wonderful. You go to the book of Psalms, a lot of the songs that we sing have come out straight out of the book of Psalms. You can read it as poems. Nothing wrong with that. You can study prophecy through it. Like I said, when H comes and teaches us on that, you'll, you know, nothing wrong with that. But where it really becomes spiritual is when it becomes spiritual food. Man shall not live by bread alone. See it now? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of my mouth. So, you know, if you come to Sunday... You're going to get fed. I promise you that. I work very hard to feed you. I, I, I spend a lot of time cooking, okay? But if this is your only meal, <laughs> your spirit, man, is very, very, very thin. Very, very weak. Because you begin to see faith works not only from the spirit, but through the spirit to the spirit. And once it reaches this spirit, meaning you, then you begin to walk in the supernatural. In, in things that weren't supposed to happen that we've all experienced. But I'm talking about really grabbing this in a place where you just wake up tomorrow knowing that regardless of the storm, regardless of the crisis, regardless of what happens, God's got this thing. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the eternity thing. Weren't you scared of dying? No. Because Paul knew something. He was already dead. Right? I mean, Paul said, I crucify my flesh daily. And I don't want to, and Paul said, I don't even want to be here. But I got to stay here because I'm being necios. That's what he said in Hebrew. That's, that's a very loose paraphrase, but that's what he said. He said, I really want to go with Jesus, but oh, I got to put up with you guys. That's what he said. He knew this. You see, Paul knew that time wasn't everything. That he, that he was confined to that. But that he knew that when the time was ready, now don't be getting weird in me and, you know, like those people in California like 30 years ago. No, <laughs> you know, he knew that to be free of that constraint, there was only one place. It was to, to be with Jesus, right? But he understood that eternity was the main thing. Now, let, let me go back to my little book here. I'm going to show you a couple of things that I, if I can dig out of this mess. So when you talk about, I want to bring this back, because now that you're seeing a little bit of this, the concept of psychological time. I really want to clear that up. So, yeah, we have time. Like I said, we already went through the whole thing, the clock, the watch. The psychological time are the markers that you are going to associate yourself with. So you're always either bringing the foundations from your past 
or you're associating, or you have a hope of the future, but you're, you're failing to ignore the present. I'm telling you people, think about it. Think about your, think about your thought process. Think about problems. Because you can say, well, Pastor, guess what? You know, if I don't pay the lights, they're going to cut them off tomorrow. Okay? Is that a problem today? It's not a problem. Is it a problem right now? In this moment, it's not a problem because you're here in church, and guess what? We have light. <laughs> in other words, by stressing that point, you've already moved from your present into that future. Because God is the God of now. And I'm going to show you here something in a moment. So let me give you a couple more. We're almost there. Romans 8.16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There's another. I'm just giving you one after another to, to, to support that the voice of the Spirit needs to be able to speak to you where he's at. And then it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 6.17. But he who is joined to the Lord, this is super good, becomes one spirit. Wow. That'll preach for a while. Imagine if we truly believe that. Or not only believe that, if we truly lived in that. Because if you think, oh, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of miracles, the Spirit of raising the dead, the Spirit that can stop a tornado, the Spirit, all these wonderful things. Guess what? He just told you right there, if you get this, you become one with that same Spirit. I mean, he's telling you right there. In other words, the influence of his Spirit on your Spirit is what he's trying to track, but he lives in this place called eternity. That's why in Ecclesiastes, it says, I didn't have that scripture ready, but it says, he has placed eternity in the heart of man. Every culture talks about this. So, so when you're constrained to this little thing called time, and I'll, I'll get to the notes here in a moment, you're limiting. Now, let me help you. Don't, 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 don't think you're, Pastor, I don't even know where this is going. No, God's got you regardless if you understand anything I say. I'm talking about growing you remember what I told you right at the beginning? I'm giving you some tools. I've seen miracles, and I didn't know any of this stuff. <laughs> I saw miracles when I was running from God because I had a praying mom and a praying wife. So God is not constrained by if we understand this or not. I'm talking about something that will bring you peace in your life. You know, when I started this, this, this series, and, and I'll show you because I'm, I'm giving you a little insight on how I think, you know, how this works. I started with this, and I thought, it, you know, it's funny how, how I do my studies, because I thought it was one page, so I finished it with the goal, and before I knew it, it was like eight pages, and I'm not even done yet. And I said, you know, when, I, when God was dealing with this with me, probably like in September, <laughs> October, and again, I'm not going to give you all the details, you know, there's just stuff that we're navigating through, okay? I said, goal, to learn to cherish the present with those we love. That was my goal. Doing, I'm going to get all emotional, doing the things we love and adding fruit to our life. That was it. That was the goal of this. And I wanted to understand that because I said, Lord, I cannot just be thinking of what's going to happen, what's coming. You know, I just can't live that way. I mean, because at the end of the day, the only thing we have is this. So the goal was that. I'm, I'm sharing this from my heart because hopefully that, you know, we said, what's all this teaching about? Well, maybe it's not your goal, but hopefully to learn to cherish the present with those that we love. I mean, that really is what life is about. Yesterday, you know, all except one of my grandbabies was there, and, you know, I cherish that moment. It's like a thing now. It's like every weekend they're there. I just notice that. But I cherish every moment. I love it. And then I cherish this moment. Guess what? This, this is going to move on into something else later and something else. And you begin to say, 
this is what life was always about. It was never about stuff and how much you have and how many, you know, careers. And, yeah, you need all that, but at the end of the day, you can have all the, everything in the world and be as miserable. Money doesn't, you know, money doesn't make you happy. It makes you comfortable while you're miserable. <laughs> I mean, so you think about, you know, what is the goal of God? Well, God, you know, he puts us on this planet to be able to interact with us knowing that this planet is broken. Guess what? Knowing that we're broken. Amen. That everyone in this room is broken in some way or fashion. And he still looks down from heaven and says, you know, they're broken, but I can use them. They're broken, but with my spirit, I can repair the break. But they have to learn what eternity looks like. You know, that just really it just, it rings in my voice because, you know, we are all going, if you have Jesus in your heart, you're all going there. And we spend way too much time trying to, you know, majoring on our little thing here. And I'm trying to encourage you, you know, God is moving in ways that just make sure that your expectations, because this is what happens, and I'm, I'm going a lot of by the Spirit right now, I'm not even looking at my nose, you know, but what happens in our expectations, we, you know, we have a, a lot of wrong expectations, and they came from wrong information. You know, give me $100 and God will. Really? We've cheapened God to a carnival game. The all-eternal Yahweh has been cheapened to a maquinitas. Because that's what, right, I'll give you $100, you give me some money back. But that's all over the place. And the religion and all the garbage that we see and all the, you know, God, God is, you know, he knows how we're all messed up. But he's trying to say, if you, because this is where I want to go, I'm just, I haven't been able to get, I want to get to the little word season, season, seasons. Because he said, well, pastor, so what is this thing about seasons? And, and I was, H and I, we had a real long, I didn't phone call because I didn't even see him. But, um, seasons, if you, if you can grab more to the idea of a season more than, than a time, you'll get it. Because, you know, <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me explain what I have in my spirit. For example, nature... I'm just talking about deer because we know deer in South Texas, right? A deer doesn't care what day it is. It was like, oh, my gosh, it's Sunday. I hope they put corn out. Oh, he's late. It's 7. They haven't shown up yet. I have a dental appointment, and my, my antlers, I need to get them shine, and it's at, at 12. And the Uber's late. Do you see where we're going with this? God spoke life, created it, however you want to associate to that. Trees, birds, you, dogs, everything. So why doesn't nature have the constraint of time that we do? Because we created it, right? Because we need it. We need it for reference. I get that. But the problem is we have it so branded in our, in our spirit for reference that our mind immediately, like I said, the mind is a wonderful thing, Unless it's been addicted, and I use the word addicted, to this kind of thinking. And that's what God is trying to do with this, you know, what teaching us this morning. He says, come back to your present. Come back. You're not going to fix anything in the past. Paul said, remember Paul? I'm giving you a lot of scriptures without you having to open your Bible. But Paul said, he said, one thing I do. Everybody say, one thing I do. He said, I forget the past. That's what he said. I forget the past. And he puts himself in the present, and then he speaks about where he's going. He says, I'm stretching forward. To the high price of the calling of Christ in me. So he says, 
For me to reach that, I got to disassociate of this. I can't have a past and reach into the future. Because my past will be the biggest hindrance to get anywhere in life. Because information from your past will continue to pollute and pollute your dreams, your desires, your hopes, everything. Next time you want to start a business, your past will, oh, no, you remember last time you tried? Yeah, you probably shouldn't start that business. And God just gave you a million-dollar idea. And you just blew it out because your mind said no. That's how this works, church. And God is trying to get us to say, no, focus here. There's nothing back there you want. There is therefore what? No. Oh, we missed a word. There is therefore now. No. So if you're feeling condemned in the now, let's pray about it. Resolve if you're a new creation or not. Well, Pastor, how do I do it? Start with giving Jesus your life. You know, and then from there, just accept it by faith. Do you realize that I'm the least qualified person probably in this room to preach if I base it on my past? I'll be honest with you. I, you know, we don't have a past. Some say, well, I have, a, I have a past. No, you don't. You have a present. If you have a past, can you bring it? I want to see it. This, this breaking away from this mindset, I think, is so important. Let, 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 me, let me give you this. So, I'm all over the map. Living in the Spirit begins, you want the first one? With the acceptance of eternity. That's the very first one. You live in eternity. You don't live on Earth. You live in a, thing, a planet, yeah, but our life is in the blue. Settle that today. Your life is in the eternity. So, when we talk about the present... And let me finish this idea of seasons because it's going to help somebody. The seasons of life, because that's what you see in the Bible, right? What is, it, what is that famous scripture, the, the promise that he gave um, Noah? You remember the, the, the promise right after the flood? He said, I will never destroy it again. He said, as the earth remains, he didn't talk about 12 noon, he talked about seasons. There'll be winter and summer, there'll be cold and hot. What do you say? And there'll be the big one, seed time, harvest time. Well, those two things fall in seasons, right? Here's what I want you to get, because God moves, and sometimes, you know, you might be going through a difficult season right now. You might be going through a complicated season, but I'm telling you, that season's going to stop. That season has an end. And you can't just major yourself, well, well, Pastor, you don't understand. All this stuff is coming down the pipe. Yeah, but it's not here yet. You know, why are we going to worry about something that doesn't even exist? Well, it's coming, but it's still, it's in the future, so it doesn't exist. Well, the doctor told me I'm going to die. Okay, get saved. Then you won't. Because you're living in eternity. Are, are you tracking with me? You know, this brings so much peace about life and so much, it reduces so much fear out of your life and so much, you know, wringing your hands and all that kind of stuff because you're just settled. If God doesn't, can't fix this, it don't need to be fixed. So the seasons, I'm telling you, this is a word for somebody. If you're in a bad season, get ready, get ready, because that season's over. Amen. And you'll go into another season. But, well, so, Pastor, how can I make sure I have some good seasons? Well, I don't know all about that, but I know something, and that's in another message in a few weeks, but it's really building your faith on hope. You know, what is hope? hope and faith? How do they work together? Because that's how I build my future. You know, in ministry and business, you know, you look at something, you say, okay, I'm going to pray about this, but I'm, I'm building it on tools. I'm not just hoping and praying. I'm, I'm working on something. Amen? Philippians 1.10, and you don't have to. I just want to pull one idea out of here because I really liked it. It says, for I want you to understand, and Paul said, what really matters. And I think, you know, I don't want to think of that one, but 
that's really where I've been on this, on the, on this series. Let me give you a couple more, and we'll, we'll, we'll find a stopping point here. If you can bring the outline back up, RJ, now I'm going to use just a couple things, and I'll tell you where I want to go. Go to the, I guess, where it says past, birth, memory, markers, and all that. that that's the one that we're trying to work on. Okay, so this is, this is I'm almost done with this, but I want, you, I want you to get this because this is, I know it's going to help somebody. So now that you understand that God is really focused on one season of your life, which is the now season, you know, the now moment, look at this. So what is a past? And, and this is, you know, what I was trying to explain a while ago. So, it's, of course, you're born. That's in your past. Your memory maps, memory markers, your self-esteem, you know, guilt, condemnation, roots of bitterness, pain, hate, generational curse, fear. And I just as a little funny note there, the word do not fear is in the Bible 365 times. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think he's trying to tell us something, right? Don't fear every day. All right? So when you, when you begin to see this thing, you, you begin to look, okay, what were your memory maps? I want to talk about that real brief because I just threw it out there, going back to psychological time. Your memory maps is how you were raised. And if we're not careful, we will, you know, if you were raised in a harsh environment or single-parent home or whatever you know, in your, in your childhood there was, you know, a bad thing. Let me just leave it at that. You have to make a choice. And this has done, of, of people, I'll, I'll throw a, a guy that I think is amazing, Dr. Ben Carson. Everybody heard of Dr. Ben Carson? If not, Google him. That guy grew up in the inner city. That guy grew up with no chance at life that his mama made sure that he stayed in school. His mama made sure that, that he wasn't running out with the gangs and with the kids. And, and even Ben in his testimony says, when I wanted to do it, my mom straightened me out. Where I'm going with this, you know, he was raised in very challenging circumstances and became a top, you know, brain surgeon. So excuses are very limited when you see these kind of stories. And his story repeats itself over and over and over a thousand times. But sometimes, as, as you know, you, you want to be careful as a believer not to come to God and say, okay, God, I'm here, fix my life, you know, my life is horrible, I need it all fixed. Okay, he can do that, but... We're going back to reducing him into a magic wand, pay my bills, heal my body, you know, just gimme, 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 when God is going way, way deeper than that because all these, these memory maps, unless you put them where they need to be, they will influence everything about your future, everything. You know, if, if somebody told you you'll never amount to nothing when you were three years old, five years old, bueno, panada and all these kind of stuff that we tell our kids, if you're not careful... Boom, that creates that, it goes from a map of childhood bearing to a marker. Boom, it's a marker now. You've been marked. You will never do anything with your life. And it might be in a very subconscious form, but your character now is being molded. You're a loser. Now, a five-year-old head or a three-year-old head is not going to hear loser, but that marker is there. So now, let's go, okay, now you're an adult. Now you're here. You got Jesus. But guess what? Your mind still goes in dates, right? Are you all okay with this teaching or not? Because I'm talking about stuff that I deal with. And I, you know, I boast that I'm real. <laughs> I think I am. And you keep bringing them up. A lot of the things that I didn't do in life were because of this stuff. A lot of the things because I always saw myself like somebody couldn't do anything. You know? But God comes in, and this is the God part, and that's why he was so major on covenant. You know, the first message that was preached here, that H preached out of his emergency sermon stash because I... You know, I took the Omicron booster. Anyway, um, covenant. And I'm bringing a lot of things, guys, but that's the mindset. 
mindset. He shall keep in perfect peace, you ready? Whose mind is set. Question. We're almost done. What's your mind set on? Because that, you, you can only answer it. I'd, I'd even give you guys, if you're really serious about getting your head in order, go write it down. Spend some time with the Lord this week. Just say, okay, Lord, where's my mind? Because here's, here's, here's the tension, and, and this is for next week, because if I open this, we'll be here a long time. The tension is simply understanding the mindset, the flesh set, in fact, it's not a word, but it's, it's what I'm saying, and the spirit set. And if you can just kind of track them, you begin to see how, how they interact with each other, and, you, and now you have a tendency, okay, I'm going to feed the spirit. If I can just feed the spirit. Let me ask you a question. Has this ever happened to you? Like you're just having a negative, now you guys look so full of joy this morning. After that joy song, we all got excited. Huh? But you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, whatever side that is. No, anybody? Did my last no? Okay. And you're just mad, and you're just having a bad day. Where's your mindset? Your mindset, you're, you're actually prophesying your day already. <laughs> you're already setting your day to have probably a miserable day or a non-fulfilling day. Let me just put it that way. Because you're like, oh, oh I hate going to work. Mindset. Right? I can't stand my job. Mindset. Oh, I hate my boss. Mindset. And then you get to work, and there's that little bubbly person that always has joy for no apparent reason. How many of you know that person you can't stand? Like, when you're having a bad day, like, please don't annoy me with your little, good morning, how are you? What a beautiful day. You're going to run into that person. But you're, you're, you're so dark now with all your negativity that hopefully you're not so dark that you'll make her in her life dark. Good morning. Like, what's good about it? Ah, now she's miserable now. I'm, I'm being silly, but I want you to see how this mind thing is like an infection. And unless we, you know, and boy, like I said, I'm not even, I haven't even scratched. You see, you've been preaching for an hour, Pastor, I know. But I haven't even scratched the surface of the stuff that I can show you. But it's very simple because life, the life-giving God, let me find that note because I did write it, I think, here. And you see, you've closed three times, Pastor. Well, you guys are hard to close. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If I could just only make good notes. Not that one. That's for next week. I'll get, I'll get to it. Here it is. So, Let me just finish one point. So the present, I just want to say, gives us, and I said this last week, living in the present gives you a glimpse to eternity. That's the, that's the, the only thing you can compare to what eternity is like is learning to live in the now. That's it. Because what is about your present? Well, you don't have a future, you don't have a past. You don't have a beginning, you don't have an end. So living in the present ten, you know, gives us this idea. So when you have all these things, and I, I wanted to actually break some of these down, but I don't have time, but just real quick, let's just do self-esteem that one. Because the word esteem means to appreciate, right? Well, think about your self-esteem. Let's say it's damaged by your parents. You're too fat. You're ugly. So now you know. You, you, you grow through life with a damaged self-esteem. You come to God. He says you're a new creation. But you still have the damage of the self-esteem. Self-esteem. You get it? In other words, you esteem yourself lower than who God made you. 
And that's the reality of the spirit man because you can say, well, I have this low self-esteem. I get that. But now you're a new creation. And I, I preach from a place of experience because you guys would not believe this if I told you I'm a complete introvert. You're like, we haven't? No, oh, I am. I do not like to be around people. I like my being alone. That's me. But I can do this, but I could not do this before God. To me, I would have literally peed in my pants if I would have had to stand in front of a before God. I could not do it. I would have had a nervous breakdown. But God did a work in me that gave me the ability to do what I'm doing this morning. I can't do this because I know where I came from. So your self-esteem, my only point with that is your self-esteem can be influenced. If you accept that the past, whatever damaged it, is not part of your present. I'm telling you, and there's things in people, I got this by the Spirit, there's things in you, there's gifts and callings and amazing things God's called you to do, but you have squelched them, you have put them down in there, you have stuffed them down in there, because of a lot of stuff in your past says you can't do this. You're not good enough. Who do you think you're? You think you're going to preach? That's not who God made. I want you to think about it this morning because we have to move into this thing. We have to move into this thing. Um, Jesus, where do we go with this? So last week, just, just, just this one on seasons, I did mention it again. That, that's where I, I got in trouble because I was told by the Lord to take it slow and I didn't. <laughs> that's why he told me to redo it. Or not redo it, but to add. James 4.13 says, look here, you who say. Today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town, and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little, and then it's gone. What you ought to say, and this is kind of what we talked about this last week a little bit, if the Lord wants us to. And, and the only thing I want to pull out of that is because the present, if you, the pres, living in the now is really living with, a, with that peace to say, God, I don't understand everything in my life today. But I understand you. I don't understand the circumstances, but I did learn something today. My life is not my circumstance. I'm not going to associate to my circumstances anymore. I'm going to so- and, and, and that really clears up thinking because, you know, we all walk through things that don't make sense. And sometimes there's spiritual confusion. You, you know, you're like, you see something in the Bible and you're living a different thing. Now you're struggling with your own spirituality and all this kind of stuff. And, and God says, it's not like that. The, the, the teachings of Jesus, you know, he said, isn't, you know, which was the other one I was going to use? Isn't your life more than? You see, God is so focused on this idea they call life, you know, that, that to live it, to breathe it, to, to make a difference down here. And while you're here, enjoy it. It is possible. You know, I'm telling you, there's a mental crisis in this world right now on so many levels. And as a pastor, I, I talk to a lot of people. You know, there's so much pressure on people. There's so much pressure. And God is saying, this is the time. You know, if you watch the news, you can get depressed pretty quick. You know, I watch the news the same form. I mean, I've really been on the Ukraine thing because, you know, our, we have a heart for Ukraine. You know, we've been there many, many, since 2004, we've been involved with Ukraine. So it, so it really bothers me and I'm involved. But you see, the world is really in a, in a confused place. But God is saying, look, don't, you know, why do you worry about tomorrow? Because what everything that's happening is going to happen today. So I, wanna, you know, I want you to think about these things. And I want to close it. I've got to find a closing spot because there's really no closing to this thing. The present life is the only place you will ever live. Going through last notes. Oh, yeah, this is the one. This is actually the title. Actually, I'm going to start the, the, the outline now. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. No! 
No, we'll leave it for next week. But it really is how to live by faith. And there's one little phrase. You're going to find it four times in the Bible. When you find something four times in the Bible, you better pay attention. Once in the Old Testament, Habakkuk, three times in the New Testament. It says, and the just shall live by faith. Stop. The just shall do what? Say it. When is that? That is a very, that four times, God expects us to live by faith, but he doesn't say, oh, you know, in, in mañana faith, <laughs> things are going to be really good tomorrow. Oh, I'm tired of the cold. Guess what? Heat's coming, don't worry. But, he said, but, but the just shall live. The just, I, man, that, God zeroed me in on that this morning. The just shall live, 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 live. What, what's live? Life. Four times he says it. You need to live by faith, but not faith for tomorrow, not faith for in the past, the faith that you need now. That take it, Lord. So I'll, well, go ahead and stand with me this morning, and I want to pray a couple things for you. Number one, if, you're, if you've been dealing, this is, this is big on my heart, if you've been dealing like with the past in a level that almost obsessive, and you just can't seem to break that, I want to pray for you. Now, the choice, I don't know how else to say it, than to train your mind, that, not the choice, the discipline to train your mind to pull it back. You need to do that. That God will help you. What are you talking about? Because I can pray that. I say, Lord, help them resolve the past. Lord, break it. Lord, break generational curses. We can do all that. But as soon as you leave, you're going to have to recognize your own brain being rebellious. Are you tracking with me? Because that's something I can't do that. I don't know what's going on in your head. I barely know what's going on in my head. You know? So if you find yourself saying, well, you know, last year, yesterday, a lot of these things get resolved. You guys don't want to miss next week because forgiveness is a big one, huge, that it's still in the same place. Huh? Don't even go there, Mr. Box. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this church. Come on, everybody, let's, let's get in the spirit. You are a spirit God. You're not a flesh God, and we don't look to be ministered in the flesh, Lord, but we do expect to be ministered in the spirit. And Father, I know I covered a lot of areas this morning and maybe a little scattershot, but Father, the word is very simple. There's only one place where your spirit moves completely. There's one place where your spirit heals. There's one place where your spirit brings comfort to our lives. And that is in your presence. In the present. That's a cool play of words, isn't it? Presence and present. Present in presence. Glory to God. Let's believe God for that presence right now. He's here. The Lord specifically told me, if you, if you are that kind of person that it, it is, you know, if you got the word today, glory to God. But if you say, Pastor Box, I can totally relate to what you're taking. You know, there's so much luggage. There's so much stuff that has happened to me or somebody caused it to you or you caused it to yourself. But it's in your past. And if you think, I'm being very serious about this prayer call because, you know, if you think, you believe, let me not, 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 not think, you believe you're, you, you can't move forward in life. This is a key indicator of where this prayer is going. Because of all the stuff, some of it's been self-inflicted, 
Some of it was bad decisions you took. Some of it was somebody did it to you. That you're convinced. Somewhere you convince yourself that you can never move forward because of what happened. Now, when I do this, you know, I'm being specific because I'm going to ask somebody, you know, I'm going to ask you to come up here and I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to understand, you know, if you're sick, don't come up for, you know, nothing wrong. I'll pray for you after church. You know, I'll stay here as long as you want me to. But there's some of you that really need to break free. You're a child of God. You love Jesus. Well, yes, sir. Let's do that. Let's Let's do one thing first. Watching me online, you're in on this. We haven't forgot about you. Everyone, say this. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. No strings attached. I declare today in front of this congregation that you are my Lord and Savior. And heaven is my home. I don't live in time. I live in eternity. Amen. Okay, so that prayer, as simple as it sounds, that means you're born again saved. If you believe it, if you believe it, that's the key. Okay, so now we can pray on the other one. Now we're saved. Now the Spirit of God is in you. And again, back to what I was going to do. If that's you this morning, and I, I, I went through step through step as the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. If that's you, I want you to come up here and I want to pray for you. And I'm going to believe God for an anointing to deliver you. If your past is something that just, you know, keeps you, you know it. I'm specific now. I know somebody here, you know, I don't know who it is. It might be more than one person. Thank you. God bless you. See, the Lord's always right. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. If your past is the handicap in your life, then get up here. I'm trying, I'm trying to simplify it. As, so if it's, you, you feel handicapped because of things in the, in the past, we are going to pray this thing. We're going to break this thing this morning. God wants you moving in a wonderful, wonderful place. The rest of the church, pray for them. They're your brothers and your sisters. They're your family. If you got it together, that's awesome. But you know, not all of us got it together. There's been so many prayer lines that I've called out, and I wanted to be the first one up there because I was struggling. And trust me, I've been, I'm dealing with the same thing you guys are. Our, our, our mind has to, has to, you know, he will keep in perfect peace. Boy, that scripture keeps coming up. So, Father, as I pray for all these people that have come up here, Lord, you know every one of them by heart. These men, these ladies, you know every one of them by heart. Father, I would say that you know them better than they know themselves. That today, Father, the one thing every one of them has in common is that every one of them is a new creation in Christ. Every one of them. All things have passed. Everything has become new. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. So, Father, as I lay hands on them, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to break every curse, every generational curse, everything that's attached to some memory marker that's attached to some memory map of their childhood that has trying to kept them from moving forward. And I believe with all my heart that today they're going to see themselves, Father, as the Jesus that, that lives in them. And I thank you today that all the strongholds, all the mindsets that try to control her, her present, Father, today are broken. And she does not have a past anymore. And you know that. I mean, you've been around here all, your whole life. You know that. It's time for you to take your rightful position of where God wants you to be. You are called, you're anointed, you're appointed, and he has never left you. He has never forsaken you. Even when you thought he had left you, 
He did not leave. He's back. He's always been there. And today you get an, an opportunity to reset your thinking on so many levels. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, we just give you glory and praise. And I thank you, Father, for Saida's life. And I thank you, Father, she stands here. That, Father, whatever mindsets that we all need to be broken, that, Father, by the anointing of the Spirit, today a new hope rises up within her, a new understanding, and whatever try to hinder her moving forward today is broken in the name of Jesus. And I call you free, healed, delivered. Glory to God. Come on, church, help us pray. Father, I just thank you right now for our dear sister. And Lord, I just thank you that I heard a little bit of what's going on, but I don't know everything. But I know something. You're an amazing God. And today, Father, I believe with all my heart that you will bless her from the top of her head. And every spirit that's not of you, God, now in the name of Jesus has to be removed from her life. Every demonic spirit, every devil that has been attached, every depression, anxiety, and anything else that's feeding off her past today is dead in the name of Jesus. She has no past. You have a future, and it's wonderful in him. I bless you, and I call you free today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for Abigail and her life and Marcos and this whole beautiful family, Father. And today she stands here knowing, Father, that those things will no longer hinder her in any form or fashion in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Keep the Holy Spirit moving. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we all need you so much. You know, if you're not up here in the front, at least just connect spiritually with us. You know, we need him. Presence fill this house. Presence fill this house. Lord, we sang a couple songs about your glory manifested. And we know we're not asking you to show us your glory. We know you're showing it right now. You're showing your glory not in the future. You're showing your glory now. And you're showing your glory over her life right now. And I know, Father, that you ministered to her a couple weeks ago. And that work is still continuing. And you are doing a work in her that she does not even understand. But today, I'm telling you, you are so free from all that garbage that brands and stuff that people put on you. You're done with that. There's only one voice that matters, and that's the voice of Jesus. And he says that he takes you from victory to victory. He takes you that he said you have his mind. You can think God thoughts. Spirit of depression and anxiety, you're done with. She is free now in the name of Jesus. Mindsets, destructive mindsets, they all fall at the feet of Jesus. I declare that this week's going to be awesome for you on so many levels. And Jesus, whoo, this is so good. Father, I just thank you that today, this is what church is about. This is what church is about, that we reach out to each other. And I just thank you for every one of them, Father, that today things are, things are being settled, things are being taken care of. This is for you. This word's for you. That's that mindset, right, that God's got it. And your past is over today. Today. Don't let anybody bring it up. Don't let yourself bring it up. This is a wonderful thing set right in front of you. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. <laughs> and you're moving into that season, the good season. All these things you've been hearing for a couple of years here and wondering about this and wondering about the Lord says, I, I, I've heard every thought. I've heard every prayer. Your season's here. You are blessed in Jesus' name.
Father, I thank you for my brother, God. It's such a joy to see people come here and be here. And Father, today, this mindset that feeds off the past, that feeds off the failures or what somebody said or what somebody did or what could have, should have, all these things today are broken now. And in his present, he is a man of God. In his present, he knows who God made him. And I just thank you that he is free today of the control of the past. No more in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for my brother. And Lord, whatever tries to hold him back, today he gets it. That has no influence, Joe, over your life anymore. Vision, dreams, hopes, all that's coming. That no more information is going to be allowed. Well, let me put it this way. No more negative information is going to be allowed from the past. I call you blessed, and I believe that everything you put your hands on will prosper like you've never seen it before this year. I believe that well in my heart. Yes, sir. Father, I thank you so much for Joe. Father, I thank you for this man of God. And Lord, we all face all different things, Father. Today, mindsets, Joe, mindsets. They're, they're not needed anymore, brother. You know, Lord, just give me a word for you. He says, you don't always have to be right. I don't know what that means to you. Enjoy it. Enjoy the peace of the present. Enjoy this. You don't have a past. Yeah, you had one, but that's, you know, you're a man of God now. You need to see yourself like that. I bless you, Joe, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We pray for you, of course, Father. I just thank you so much for Susie's life and her service and her love for this church. And Father, today, whatever mindset was placed in there in the past, whatever mindset has tried to grab onto her, it is dead in the water today. You have the mind of Christ. You are a new creation. And God will give you hope and a future. According to Jeremiah, I call you blessed in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, keep praying. God's still moving. Father, I thank you for Leanne. I thank you for this young lady. Father, I've watched her grow up, and it's such a joy to see her and her beautiful daughter worshiping you. But Father, today, we break the control of the past. No more control, no more regrets, no more could have, should have, would have, no more of that. Don't beat yourself up. There is therefore what? Now, no condemnation. You are blessed, Leah. You are blessed. And you're a blessing to many people. Don't let the devil or anybody ever change that. A lot of people need you. You bring a light. You bring him, meaning God. And you are a light to your family. Keep shining it. You are blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for this man. You're a warrior, Freddie. You've got a spirit of warrior. It's been waiting to come up. But Father, right now, wow, we got so many memory markers, right? So much stuff. But today, in the name of Jesus, I speak over your life. I speak, Father, today, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, this man rises up in anything from his past that's trying to tell him something shuts up now in the name of Jesus. And because of that, you know what? God's going to start sowing your, 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 your mind with dreams and business ideas and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you're going to see it. You, and, and your mind's going to go, no, no, what, no. You're going to say, shut up. You, don't, you, you, you can't speak. You're dead. You're in the past. We're in the present now. And God's going to bless the work of your hands, my brother. Call you and your beautiful family blessed in the name of Jesus. Show up, Rosita.
Let's, let's just keep praying for a moment, okay? You may be seated. You know, the, he says, he's going to preach again. No, I'm not. When the children of Israel, this is for everyone that came up here. When the children of Israel, Moses died. Joshua gets the, gets the commission, the command at this point to lead probably six million people through the desert. And he, you know, he gives them instructions in Joshua 1. But if, as you go forward into Joshua chapter 6, you find something really interesting. They come to their first city. God already said, you will take it, you will devour it, you will fix it. It's yours. He gave them the plan. But he gave them one thing before. He says, these children that were born in the desert and raised in the desert, I want to get too technical because they would get really preachy, had not been circumcised. In other words, they didn't know what covenant was. Now, their parents had been in the desert 40 years. Everybody say 40 years. 40 years since they were delivered from Egypt. Okay, now Joshua has them, and you could probably figure, you know, 42, 43 years, whatever time it took, 41 years. But these kids don't know anything but the power of God. But God tells them to do something. He says, before you go to the city, I want to bring all these kids back to covenant. Now, they're not kids anymore. They're warriors. I want them to come back to covenant, and they have the, the, you know, the circumcision was a sign of covenant. And then God said this, and this is exactly what happens here. He says, today... Pay attention now. Today, the reproach of Egypt has been removed. Now, that's interesting because we're talking about over 40 years. You know what I see in this? That sometimes as Christians, we come to church, we love Jesus, we worship, we do everything, but we haven't dealt with that reproach. And those of you that were up here today, the reproach of Egypt has been removed. You see, that's the now. You know, that's what God's talking about. These... They were carrying, and the sad thing is the parents did not have to die in the desert. Every one of them died in the desert because they couldn't handle the fact that God's goodness could take care. They were always worried. But the kids knew different. But he still had to break the reproach of Egypt. So think about these things. I mean, once you dig something in the Bible, it's like everywhere, right? It's like it's, it's everywhere. I see it now. That God is always moving in this present time. So no more reproach. And this is how you train your mind because your mind is rebellious. You know that. Every time you catch your mind going back into some little past memory, what I, what I was, the, the word that um, the Lord gave pray, you bring it, hey, hey, nope, we're not going there because there's nothing there. Train, that's your part. I can't do that. Because your mind, as soon as you get in the car, you go like, <laughs> you're like, no, shut up. I'm telling you, talk to your mind, shut up. Like you would not let your hand do whatever it wants to. Remember I started with that? Don't let your mind do whatever it wants to. Amen? Would you get something out of all that this morning? Give him praise. Come on. Glory to God. Again, HH was right. I didn't get to my notes. Sort of. (laughs) Anyway, um, so you guys know what's going on today. I won't say it, but, you know, hopefully you can come back. It's, uh, what time does it, it's like five, right? Something like Four? Doors open at four. I'll be charging in the back. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Kathy went on and on, like, it's free, it's free. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, nice. No, but it'd be great to see. You know, we have a good time. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm always, like, politically correct pastor. I'm trying not to be anymore. So, like, I, I said, well, I know. If you already have plans for the Super Bowl with your friends at your house, bring them over here. All right? 
We're done with politically correctness. Bring them here. You know, say, oh, there's no beer and all that. Well, anymore. they can go get drunk, then bring them here. <laughs> and you'll see what happens. Were you here when that drunk guy walked in? We had a men's meeting years and years ago. And this guy walked in. He was so blasted out of his mind. I mean, he was so drunk. He walked in. He sat right there. He was almost falling out of the chair. And the men were like, okay. And I'm like, I love this kind of stuff. Anyhow, we prayed for him until he got sober. Right? He walked out completely sober. He was like falling out like this, you know. And by the time we got down, he said, well, I feel a lot better. I said, you, you should have just wasted a lot of money on whatever you were on because we, we just got rid of all of it, you know. Nah, there's some good stories here. Anyhow, um, we thank you all for your support. Cuba is moving forward quickly. I want to encourage you guys, you know, if, if Cuba is part of something that you believe God called you to be part of, we are officially opening our Cuba account, you know, meaning, yes, we want to take all this stuff, but, you know, there's also travel expenses and so forth. So, you know, we already have dates. And um, so pray about us. End of March, um, first week of April is the official date that we're going to do a in-house conference with Yoel, and Pastor Dan's going with me, and um, so, you know, I encourage you, if that's something, take your resources, if you can't give us money, give us prayers, <laughs> we need it all, you know, pray about it, so, you know, thank you for that, um, please pray for Ukraine, I know some, some of you probably have no connection, but if you look at that flag right there, that yellow and blue, that's the Ukrainian flag, somebody asked me, what are up with these flags, every one of those flags, except I haven't been to Israel, that just represents God's family, but every one of those flags represents a nation we've had some form of influence in. So pray for Ukraine. Um, like I said, we have, I call them family over there. They're really close. We have dear friends in the city of Kiev, and it looks like Kiev's one of the first things that would happen would be bombed. I'm thinking, this is, it's like beyond my thinking, because Kiev is like, Kiev is like if you would say Dallas. It's a very, very dynamic, modern city. Everything's going on in Kiev. And you're thinking, Russians bombing Kiev to me is like unreal. You know, so pray for Ukraine. And I know there's some brothers and sisters in Ukraine watching us. So we love you guys. And if you watch it on the podcast, we are praying for you. So anyhow, if you have your offering ready, you can information on the screen. If you need an envelope for your giving, it'll be next to you. And you can deposit your offering. as Go ahead and stand and I'll get you out of here. And we'll see you guys at four. And um, we'll have a blast. What was the grand prize again? A hunting trip, right? I heard it back there. What is it valued at? Did I hear Wow. Lord. I know you love them, Lord, but you love me more. I didn't hunt this year, Lord. Go all religion. I was praying, Lord. That's exciting. That's What's the value? $8,000? How are we going to win it? I mean, how am I going to win it? Yeah, but is it what? Um, scores? Oh, just raffle. Who has the bucket so I can put a lot of my names in there? (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we pray for this afternoon's event. It's going to be just so good. So good. Father, yes, whoever wins this amazing prize is going to enjoy it to the fullest. But Father, I just thank you, Lord, that this happened. I don't even know how that happened, that we have it. But Father, this afternoon, it's not even about a game. It's about family. It's about our family in Christ, about fellowship, about hanging out together, about doing life together. And I just believe that the same presence that's here in this spiritual moment will be the same presence that's here in a fun moment, in a moment of fellowship, Father. That your presence doesn't move because we're religious or not. Your presence is always here. And with that, we take this seed, we sow it, 
into the work of the kingdom. We sow it into the work of Cuba. We lift up our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. I lift up Andre and his family in Kiev, Father. I haven't spoken with them, but Father, I bless him. And Father, we believe that covenant protection over, over the Ukrainian people and this craziness with Russia, whatever that is, Father, we know at the end of the day, this is what it is. So Father, just thank you for Oksana and Tolik, for Dimas, and so many more, Father, that we could go down a list. But I just thank you, Lord, that Ukraine will remain free of war and that this thing will, will be dismantled and that there won't be any shots fired, Father, in any form. And I thank you, Lord, that our week here in America, we pray for our nation, we pray for our president. But, Father, we pray, Father, for the life of Hebronville, Oilton, Bruni, Miranda, the Quad City area that you've placed us in, Father, that we call this place blessed. Until I see him again, let the peace of God that passeth all understanding Go with them wherever they go.